Welcome to Above the Mess, the podcast where we bounce between our interests, dive down rabbit holes, navigate our brains, and come up in Wonderland. I'm Maddie Van Houten, and with me is Izzy Miller. Hey, Izzy. Hello. Good afternoon. How are you? Um, well, we just spent the last 20 minutes trying to figure out why my microphone was making stupid noises, so stressed. A little bit stressed. <laughs> that was fun. I'm stressed too, but for different reasons. Yes. So in order to combat our own stressedness, that's not a word, but it doesn't matter. I thought that I could do a quick like breathing and mindfulness exercise with you. That okay. sounds great. Our listeners can join in. Um, but if you are driving, please, for the love of God, and any other deity, do not listen to me. <laughs> or at least keep your okay. eyes open. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one I want to do is, um, it's an interesting one that my uh, one of my friends showed me once. And it's, you hold your palms up in front of you, um, facing each other uh, as close as you can get them without touching. Right? And I'm going to lead us in breathing as we do this. But you, your goal is to focus on not touching and to focus on the sensations between your hands while I do this. So are we ready? Yep. All right, so we're going to take a deep breath in, and out. In, and out. And one more. In. And out. All right. Normally I do that one for like two to three minutes, but I feel like three minutes of just me breathing into the microphone would probably throw off people. So I'm not going to. Um, But I will say that Belle breathed out on the last one, so she really got into it too. (laughs) That's a really interesting one. I haven't done that exercise before. Yeah, I um, I learned it a couple months ago, and I thought it was really interesting that I can feel the heat between my hands without touching my hands together in that one. That's the sensation I feel when I am focused on it. Mm-hmm. So I like that one. I will be trying that one again, for sure. Yeah, because you were telling me, uh, moving stressful that's your stress response right now (laughs) it sure is i really don't have that much to say about moving i've taken a lot of people's advice and hired movers and really prepared the way but it turns out that even what is now a pretty easy move for what's left of it is still incredibly stressful and there's still a lot of moving pieces that are slowly slowly falling into place so the next time you hear from me i will be in a different place perhaps i'll sound different because the shape of the room will be different. And most certainly, I will not be quite so warm, because it is still a major heat wave here in Texas, which just adds another layer to the move. Yeah, that is not fun, because, like, even the small moves I've done, like, out of dorms, like, having additional heat when you're like lifting things and pushing things places and like walking around a bunch and trying to like, it's just not fun. You just, you just feel more tired. Ugh. 
And like, one of the things that triggers my anxiety is spaces being cluttered or having a lot of stuff in them. And I just, I feel really claustrophobic and I feel really tight. And right now, all of my spaces are filled with boxes. Oh, no. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, that would would not be good. We have kept the bedroom as a safe space that is kept clear, mostly, of boxes and is kept more open. And so I have a spot to retreat to. But it's an interesting time right now. We got rid of our couch, so that's one less thing to move. It was going to be almost as expensive to move it as the couch was brand new because gas prices are absurdly high right now. Um, oh, no. No. Not even worth it. Nope. Someone we'll else get a new can one. use it and you can get a different one. Absolutely. Yeah. A-, a friend of mine will host other friends of mine on it. It will be perfect. Perfect. Reduce, reuse, you know? Absolutely. I don't think you can recycle a couch. Probably not. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, we don't have to talk about your move because it sounds like one of those things where you don't want to talk about it until like six months after it's done. Oh, and you've God. recovered from the anxiety. Ugh. Yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> so I'll tell you something. Um, we have way too many cucumbers. Ooh, My friends I already know cucumbers. this and they keep teasing me. I normally love cucumbers too. But we have too many, Izzy. At one point, at one point, actually, we did the math this weekend um, on total compared to what we currently have on our counter. Anyway, at one point, we had 40 in the kitchen. And I thought, this is ridiculous. My neighbor says, bring over as many as I want because they literally eat them like they're popsicles or whatever. Like, they eat them whole. They just bite into them like they're an apple. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so... I bagged them up in like a reusable bag, I, 20 of them. I walked them over to her. And then on my way back, I walked back into the garden to just like gather any that I had missed in the morning. There were 10 more. So I went from 40 down to 20 to 30 in the span of like 10 minutes. And I just, we do not need this many plants next year. Like this is never happening again. <laughs> oh my goodness. Have you seen the fox trot about zucchini? I have not. Is Fox okay. Wait, is Foxtrot? Foxtrot is show? No, Foxtrot is um so it's like a webcomic except they were used to be published in newspapers. That was a thing for a while. Oh. So Foxtrot was a comic from before the web. And there was a whole series. I've happened to find it which was apparently July 2009. So, I I've sent you the link to the first comic in this series which we will include in the show notes. And I think likely accurately depicts the situation you found yourself in. Hang on, hang on. Let me load it. Wait, where did it go? I sent it to IMS. <laughs> oh, I sent it to the person who's trying to pick up the fridge today. Moving is stressful. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have 23 more of these soon. <laughs> there, there's like a week worth of comics about these zucchini and my favorite, I think, is the one from the 29th. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I can even go forward. Yeah. Yeah, it turns out that you can actually find comics now, which is really cool. Didn't used to be the case. These things used to be just, like, in a black hole of these were published once. And unless you find an out-of-print copy of a collection, you're just SOL. But I'm happy yeah. I was able to find this. 
I'm glad you were too, because this, yes, this, the July 29th one, which we will also include a link to, is accurate because uh, she, the mother, I'm assuming, yes. is serving one of her children uh, zucchini salad with zucchini stir fry and a little something she's calling zucchini surprise. I have been basically doing the same thing except with cucumbers. So let's see, we've had a cucumber salad. Um, oh, it was a Greek salad, so it had like all kinds of good stuff, like tomatoes and chickpeas and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, yes, it was very good. I actually used it for like chip dip at one point too, because I I love tortilla chips with like weird salads. I don't know why. It's fine. Um, cucumber lemonade, cucumber chips, like. Like kale chips, but cucumber chips. Ooh, that and sounds then, interesting. I know. it. I meant to put, like, ranch powder, you know, like the stuff that you can mix into whatever your base of choice is. So, like, non-dairy cream cheese or whatever. Oh, um, sure. I meant to do that to make them, like, ranch-flavored cucumber chips. And I forgot. So they're just salt-flavored. <laughs> but I think... I might try that again. We're getting rid of that dehydrator I used the first time because it, it's not very effective and it's really loud and it's a total, like, we're, we're donating it and we're going to get a better one that can have more capacity. So That'll be nice. We'll let you know. Cucumbers are like try. 90% water or some ridiculously high numbers. So like, I guess I'm not surprised that it took forever to dehydrate them. Yeah, I'm not surprised it took forever. It's just that it was like the sound of like a, a fan running on a high for six hours that we could hear all over the house. Cause it was just, Oh goodness. It was yeah. just moving hot air through. Yeah. It's like, it's already hot in the house. I don't think you need to warm it up anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's something. And then something called cucumber infused vinegar, which honestly looks like you're just going to ferment pickles, but it's somehow different. So I'm going with it. Heck yeah. I mean, if you can make pickles and you can make this, bang, you've made two new different ways you can use the cucumbers. And you have used twice as many cucumbers as if you just made pickles. That's true. It's true. And, you know, I have a couple more coming up this week. One's going to be like a cucumber sesame salad. And then I forget the other one. But anyway, it's, it's made me become really creative with how we eat cucumbers. And I just, I know that we're not going to plant this many plants next year. It's oh, only goodness, three plants. Yeah. Three plants. The, um, <laughs> it's three plants, okay? And last year I had five plants and we did not get this many. And when I say this many, I mean we did the math and it's got to be around 90 cucumbers so far and there are still a couple dozen on the vine. Is this one of the large varieties or wh- which no, variety? No, it is a is bush that? variety. It's a bush variety and it is growing a lot of cucumbers. And I think the reason is, is because I am growing it up a trellis this year. So the mm. bees have better access to the flowers. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that was my mistake. Like thinking, not thinking about that. I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake. It was just like, I don't want to waste the food that I've grown. You know? Absolutely. Well, I will say. Any sort of preserves make for great gifts. So even if you end up just spending a day pickling all of them, like, and just it's make bread and butter pickles or make, like, dill pickles or whatever you do that's appropriate for your variety and give them to yeah. people, people will love that. It's true. I did send out some jars last year when we made a lot of pickles. The only reason I haven't made, like, pickles this year is because we still have some from last year. Oh my goodness, like, we haven't yeah. made our way through the entire harvest from last year yet. 
It's just crazy. It's just crazy all around. But yeah, so that's how my garden is doing. It's all cucumbers all the time. Like I get a handful of tomatoes and then I get 20 cucumbers. (laughs) My garden, on the other hand, well, a a moment of silence for my garden. My garden is no longer. It has been way too hot out here in Texas for anything to survive without tender love and care of which I do not have the time or energy to devote to it. And so everything has slowly been baked by the sun into brown. That's fair. On the bright Uh, side, I no longer have to figure out which plants are safe to move or which aren't or what pests I need to worry about or any of that, because I can just dump it all out into a spot where it can compost and take the nice clean flower pots and reuse those with a new harvest next year. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. And well, you probably, uh, you're moving north, so you probably won't have time to do a fall harvest. I feel like your uh, first frost is going to be broccoli. Way too soon. Maybe, maybe okay. broccoli. Okay. I'll have an well, enclosed porch, crossed. so maybe I can set something up out there and extend the season a little bit, but. I'm not expecting yeah, to have as okay. big a garden there. I'm not, I don't, surprisingly, I have more space here than I will there, at least with good light, because the yard where I'm moving is um, south of the house. That makes sense. North of the house. Okay. The, the side that doesn't get sun. North. North of the house. Got it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Southern light is what you want when you're that far north. When, when I'm down here, I want the north, because it means that the sun doesn't bake my plants. Like they, like yours got baked. Yeah. Yeah. Turns out gardening's really hard. I just like need to point that out. Like you have to know a lot. <laughs> People say uh, I have a green thumb, man. but really I've just killed enough plants that I've figured out at least a couple things about not killing them through trial and error and mostly error. Yeah, and you know what? I told someone this today and they needed to hear it. Plants are going to do whatever they want. We just have to hope we can understand what they need. Like you may do everything right for a plant, and it still just gives up and dies. Like, seriously. Like the best the best thing about plants is they tell you when they need things. However, yeah. they use the same language to say, I need more water, as they used to say, I have too much water. And sometimes yeah. you just have to guess. Yeah, it's really fun. It's really, yeah, just great. <laughs> I, um, I've got my problem child plant over there that's doing that right now, and I'm like, can you just... What do you need from me? I don't like words. I need words. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Oh, goodness. Yeah. But okay. So our gardens are doing two different things. Yep. That kind of stinks. <laughs> yep. Other than gardening, I'm assuming you haven't been outside much. We have gotten that same heat wave, but not as bad, I want to say. I got I an mean, alert on my phone telling me the amount I've been walking is down significantly. And I'm like, yep. Yep, it has. No freaking way. <laughs> it's like 97 here today, and that's not great, but it's not 107, so. I think it's still just below 100, but like every day this week is going to be 103. Oh, goodness. No, I don't want that. Um, Don't send it this way. Make it go somewhere else, okay? <laughs> Look, I'm just going to be happy if I can outdrive it. That's a good plan. Do that plan. Um, I don't want it because it, like, in the last six weeks, Izzy, since we talked last, I have not gone down to the pond as often, 
because every time I go down there, even if I'm just walking, like I'm not getting, I suddenly need to shower because it's so humid and so hot that any effort makes me feel like I've been lifting plants and cutting down trees for two hours. And yeah, it's brutal. It's hot weather. I got some paper from the garage for like wrapping stuff in for the move. And it was like, okay, that's enough exertion for the day. I'm like, I still have to pack. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oppressive heat. Oppressive. Just feels like I went outside once two weeks ago and I'm still dehydrated. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) That is not fun at all. Um, Yeah. I don't like. Maybe I need to move north. I don't like oppressive summers. Uh, That's not going to be much of a solution for long, but you know. It does kind of feel like a climate refugee thing. Also like a political refugee as Texas continues to be increasingly terrifying. I am glad you're getting out of there. So much respect for the people who I've spent the last few years fighting with here in Texas for basic human rights. Yeah. But... Uh, to be clear, you mean fighting on the same side as them, not oh, against them for basic humans. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, people will not be surprised to learn that I'm a communist who is out there working with people who are on the street as the city like tries to throw out all of their belongings and does, honestly, really horrifying, horrifying things. Um, get involved with local yeah. groups. You never know. You might stop the next genocide. Guess who's been listening to podcasts about genocide? Um, Yeah, local groups actually rallying and stopping people from doing horrible things is one of the ways we prevent that, people. So uh, local groups is it. Let's do it. (laughs) Absolutely. But after five years of doing a lot of organizing work here in Austin um, with groups like the Party for Socialism and Liberation and with Food Not Bombs... Um, I'm moving back closer to family and to be in a state where I don't have to worry about them making me illegal, which will be good. That will be good. And I feel lucky that that's not something I have to worry about for myself, but I worry about it for too many of my friends for different reasons. Like worry about you in Texas, um, we have a friend in the Middle East who's been trying to leave mm-hmm. for a very long time. We've got friends all over who are struggling in this recent time. And I I have so much fear about what we're saying, or seeing, I should say. Yeah. yeah. And... One of these days, we should do an entire episode about organizing and groups and effective means of um, fighting back. But right now, I'm just focused on getting out. Yeah, that's fair. So let's turn our attention to something else. Um, I said I've only been down to the pond a couple of times in the last six weeks. It's still been more than two or three times a week. So one of the things that I've been working on down there, it, I thought might be interesting to talk about. Um, Izzy, have you heard of Hugel culture? No, I have not. What is this? Okay. It is a German word, so I'm sure I'm saying it wrong. Someone will probably correct me. Um, for a type of raised bed gardening that doesn't require like any structure built around it. 
I don't know how old this technique is, but basically it's a pile you build first out of logs, like big logs, then sticks, then plant waste, compost, and soil. And you end up with a, um, with a bed that is kind of shaped like a triangle and it could be as long as you want. Um, I think usually they end up being like about the length of like half a tree. You know, you can build them by cutting down one tree, lay the tree down and use all the plant waste from that to start building one. Um, and you plant your crops, your, your trees, whatever you want to grow on the top of the pile and on the sides. And, um, usually they're oriented in a way so that, you know, both sides get a good amount of sun. It's very interesting. Very interesting. I have not done that. What I have done is taken that concept of building a pile with logs on the bottom, then sticks, then plant waste and compost and soil to try to stabilize some eroding sections of the pond's surrounding hillsides. Okay. So the pond is in a valley, right? Obviously. Um, ponds usually form at the bottom of valleys, guys. I hope I hope you know that. <laughs> they are not on mountaintops, usually. Um, I think those are called streams. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> there are a couple areas where it's very clear that that some machinery was used to dig out places mm-hmm. to make them deeper or, or things like that. And, and the inclines are too steep. They, they are not natural inclines. You know, um, most hills like find a stabilization point based on what their soil is made out of. And clearly, you know, these are too steep and they destabilized. And there are two really big ones. There's one that's like, I want to say like 20 feet across and like 10 feet deep. Um, and by them, I mean, (laughs) these eroded sections, they look like someone took a huge shovel and scooped, like scooped out of the hillside. And it's this big red scar of dirt that no plant can grab onto because it's too steep. And usually there's a slight overhang. So what I've been doing is I've I've been experimenting with smaller of the two, which is only in air quotes, 10 feet wide and six feet deep rather than about double that. Um, I've been laying down the logs of like dead trees that I've been moving aside or um, if I have to cut branches off of a tree because it's like already dead. You know, there are some trees around the pond whose limbs are dying off for some reason. They don't like full sun and they're in the full sun. (laughs) Things like that. Um, I've been piling those for weeks and started filling in with smaller sticks And leaf mold. And now I'm on the phase where I'm like filling in with like green plant waste. And every once in a while, when I head down to the pond, I will bring a bucket of soil from my backyard. And if I didn't, if I didn't do backyard projects, I wouldn't have this soil. So I'm not saying I dig up the soil specifically for this, but I've been doing some projects that mean I have excess soil and it's like, Either I can put it on the curb and let the county take it away, or I can use it for something useful. So I've been making almost Hugo culture piles in these little divots in the hillside to recreate structure that was once there and has been washed away. And it's working. 
Oh, that's so cool. It's so cool. So the first one is, I want to say like 90% finished. Um, every time we get a rainstorm, it compacts a little. So I come back and I fill in with more leaf mold mm-hmm. or more plant waste or whatever, whatever I need. And basically it'll just compost down and slowly become part of the hill again. And I'm hopeful that by doing this, I'm preventing more erosion because the little spot is like at the base of a path someone cut in the woods and is still somehow not recovered. I think because they literally, like it's, it's not at the forest edge. It's shaded by the woods still, but they carved Mm -hmm. like a six foot wide path. So when they did that, the end of the path eroded. Anyway, I think that by doing this, it'll help halt that erosion And on the other side, in the bigger one, it'll help rebuild this, like, it's almost like an island of trees, you know? There's a bunch of grass, and then up out of the almost flat part is, like, a hill with a bunch of trees up top. And And part of that collapsed, so I've started building in there. An inverse meadow, if you will. Yes, an inverse meadow. I think the name for this is a copse. I think so, too. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. I don't know either. And every time I say it, my partner tells me I've said it wrong. And I know that I say the wrong one first every time, but I don't know if I did it that time. Me neither. I guess we'll get feedback. Okay. Yeah. Someone tell me how to pronounce that word, please. <laughs> um, anyway, so the, like at the edge of this copse, there's been an eroded spot. And this is why I get so tired down in the pond. I have been dragging like 18 foot long tree branches to fill up this base. I know. I think there's like 18 or 19 privet trees in there. Privet is an invasive plant, by the way, in the United States. I'm not using full-on native trees for this. I'm using the invasive ones I'm cutting down <laughs> to do it. So, I mean, like, two goods coming out of, coming from that. But um, it's so exhausting. <laughs> but it's been fun. I didn't think this would work, and I was just like, I'm going to try it in the small one and it's working and i'm glad awesome is any new plant life getting established yet probably too soon a cup actually a couple so um at the base of the first pile i made lots of um they're not asters in the sense that we think of them they're of the family asteris i can't pronounce latin i'm not gonna try they're in the aster family but their their flowers haven't bloomed yet so i don't know which variety they are Mm -hmm. um but they they're forming at the base of the little like hill that I've already filled in with uh, raspberries and stuff that would grow there normally. So it seems like with the runoff slowed, these plants have been able to pop up and fill in a little bit. So I'm hopeful that next year they'll take over the pile. Fingers crossed. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. It's so satisfying to see like, when you've done something like this, where you then have to take a step back and like hope it works to see it actually start coming to life is just such a beautiful thing. Yes, it is such a beautiful thing. It's so nice to be able to see, see the changes happening. So, I mean, unrelated, like uh, a couple months ago, I was cleaning out a, it's not a meadow. It's just like a clearing behind a juniper tree and it used to be covered in honeysuckle there's a bunch of native Virginia creeper crawling across it now. It's a really pretty vine. And it's just like, since I got rid of the invasive honeysuckle, it's just been like, I'm going to take over now. And it's like, I love, I love being able to see that happen. Yay. Yeah. 
So yeah, that's something I've been doing. Um, have you had the chance to do anything other than think about moving? You know, I have. And because it's been so hot, it's been inside. But I've um, talked about Netrunner a couple of times on the show. And I am still really enjoying it. I've been going to a weekly meetup. And last weekend, I even went to a small tournament. There were 17 people total. And I came in ninth, which I feel like is not bad at all, considering I've only been really playing the game for a few months. But that is awesome. That's awesome. It was so much fun. It was such a cool group of people. Like one of the things I love about Netrunner is how diverse the group of people that plays it are. Like, it's a very queer fan base. It's um, and it's a very welcoming fan base. And um, even now the people who make the game, like, I think um, Nisei, the group that make Netrunner is like 40% of the people involved are trans. So like, that should give you some idea of um, why I feel welcomed by this community. And yeah, it's absolutely um, been good to get back out of the house and to have one of these things where it's like going out and doing something with people, which has been sorely missing from my life over the last couple of years. Pandemics, you know, they're they're a real thing. Um, (laughs) But there's a new set coming out set in the Arctic Circle that looks really good. and I'm very excited for it. I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but the cards are just coming out like last week. And I'm very excited to get my hands on them after I move. Um, yep. Anyways, I promise I won't make this a Netrunner podcast, at least until I've made Maddie play. Um, but I'm having a blast with it still. It's been great. That's so awesome. I do want to get into games like that. Not not just like card games, but like tabletop games and other mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's been hard to build up momentum because I have to get my partner on board and Honestly, we've just been wanting to watch TV. By the way, I watched Severance. I'm not going to spoil it for you. But um, the fan, like six episodes ago, who told us we needed to watch it. Yes, you were correct. I did need to watch it. Izzy, you okay. also need to watch it. It's great. Okay. I'll watch Severance after I move. Um. Yeah, after you move. Um, so basically what I'm saying is I will play Netrunner at some point. I just need to work up the energy to do it. Heck and yeah. not watch TV instead. <laughs> no, Alex and I play Netrunner together and other games together. Like, I love board games. They've always been really important to me since I was a kid. But like, so many of the things we do now are intermediated by screens. And there is yep. something so special about a board game and the way that it not only like gets you across the table from each other in that space, but also like provides a framework for conversation. So like it short circuits the whole, we're sitting there, it's like, okay, well now we've got nothing to talk about because hey, what do you know? There's a game there, you can talk about that. And then the conversation just flows out of it. And so it doesn't even matter if the game is good to some extent because it gives you that framework for existing in a space with another person that sometimes I just need. I have felt this before too. I need to be doing something with like with some people. I need to be doing something to, mm-hmm. so that I can talk to them. Um I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like I don't know what it is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but I promise I will play it and I'll try to get uh my partner to play it with me and if not, we'll have to do a virtual session somehow. I'll figure that out. Maybe we could do that. There there are surprisingly good ways to play Netrunner online. Um, I guess it turns out that a card game that 
is played mostly by like programmers ha- had some programmers who wanted to play the game online <laughs> really no no <laughs> that's interesting that's interesting makes me wonder like what's been lost of time just because none of the programmers got into it because they haven't put it on the internet also makes me wonder how much that might be a good thing <laughs> not everything yeah, needs that- to live forever not everything needs to live forever that's very true that's very true no board games are good people should play them board games are good i should have more time to do them you want to know why why don't you tell us i'm not working i'm i don't have a full-time job right now um just as like a forewarning everything is fine i'm more than safe and stable and i'm happy i'm not worried about not having a full-time job but I'm not working right now. And most importantly, I'm going to repeat this. I am happy. Like, I need to express that. <laughs> we have talked so many times on the show about, like, our relationship with work and how we can or can't find meaning in it. And, you know? Yeah, I if do If you're know. not finding meaning in it, like, income's important, but... But just because you need money to afford rent or to afford food doesn't make it not suck to be compelled to work. Yes. Yes. And I think that's where I was at for a very long time, feeling compelled to work. Um, so this has been an interesting time. It's, I want to say about half of our break has been me not working and half I have been working. And the weeks that I've not been working, it's been really interesting to see what my natural cadence is. Izzy, I still wake up at 6 a.m. I That's my don't. natural cadence, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Although That's I fair. I have turned off my alarm. So uh-huh. I was so excited. I turned off my alarm that first night because uh, I'm taking some time off to move. And I was like, I'm going to sleep right. in. And I woke up exactly when my alarm was going to go off and I couldn't fall back asleep. Ugh, brains. <laughs> Which brains. is, like, probably healthy to keep the habit going if I'm getting up, but, like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, that's fair. This is not that. I mean, I even wake up at 6 a.m. on weekends. I may grumble because Belle wakes up at 5.50 and wants to go outside on weekends. Um... It's so weird. Jinx is so sleepy and lazy in the morning. And Belle is like, we need to go outside now. I need to see the sun rise. I want to run around on the grass. Like, anyway, so she'll wake up at 5.50 and I'll grumble about that. But by the time I get downstairs, I'm wide awake and I'm ready to go. So that's been really interesting. And I still want to do stuff like brain blast. Oh, that's from Jimmy Neutron. Anyway, that's a show I haven't thought about in a long time. (laughs) I don't know why it lives rent-free in my head, but I have, like, almost the entire Jimmy Neutron movie, like, just constantly in my head. Like, Was um, it the movie where they switched brains, or was that just an episode? That was just an episode. What's her face? Whose name I can't remember. That episode lives in my head rent-free. That's fair. I think that was a good episode. The one, the movie was the one where the aliens abduct all the parents and the kids are living on Earth alone. Oh, the chicken dance one. Yes. Oh the my chicken god! Dance one. I haven't thought about that in a really long time. <laughs> it's a good one. I wonder if it's on Netflix or anything. 
I'll have to check. Uh, I might have to watch it. Um, but what I wanted to say is like, I still want to do things. And particularly, I was a, I was a developer, right? And I thought that I hated developing. It only took me two weeks not having a full-time job doing development for someone else to want to do something development-y for myself. So, so perhaps what you hated was being alienated from the fruits of your labor. Perhaps. Um, not to just is... put on full-on communist propaganda into the show, but sorry. It's okay because it's true, and I've known this for a very long time, that I don't like working for other people, and I don't like... That came out weird, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't like not being connected to what I'm doing. Absolutely. And often, when I'm working for a company, I'm not connected to what I'm doing. And I like being able to see the effect my work has on other people. So, like, when I was coding at my job, I was working on an app that was used by five people to sell motors to, like, ten companies. Yeah, and, like, like, a salary or a paycheck is kind of fundamentally a disconnect between what you're doing and the value it brings. You don't see any directly who's buying it. There's so many layers between you and the money. And of those people buying it, the relationship they have is with the people who have bought your labor to leverage Mm -hmm. that to make something that they can sell. To to extract value from your labor by applying capital and resources to it. They, They take capital, they use it to buy commodities... And they use it to buy labor, treating labor as a commodity, to turn it into a new commodity to sell as a profit. Where does the extra value come from? It comes from the labor, not it's, the capitalist. Yeah. You're not wrong. And, like, I feel the need to express that out loud, that don't believe everything you read about America being the best country in the world. Let me just put that out there. Yeah. Um, And I'm sure a lot of our listeners know why I'm saying that. But basically, when I'm working for myself, and I hate using the word working because it's not really working. Like, I get up at 6 a.m. and I go to the pond and I do something that means something to me. I get to see the Virginia creeper crawl across that that, um, clearing in the woods. I come home, I eat a nice breakfast, I play with my dogs, I write, I design t-shirts, I, you know, like, I do fun stuff that's fun, so it's not even work. Okay, but honestly, though, the the idea that that's not work is capitalist propaganda. The idea that this is not stuff that is valuable to humanity, that is not valuable to the world, is completely false. You are actively maintaining the lived environment around you, making it better for your entire community in a way that capitalism as a system inherently doesn't value. And don't let yourself take those values in. That is valuable work. It is real labor. And you are seeing the fruits of it firsthand. You are so correct. Um, Yeah, that... It is, it is something that I've trained myself to say, like, it's not work. And the reason I could call it not work is, I don't, like, it's all wrapped up in weird layers, but it's like, I always associated work 
um, in air quotes, with the paycheck, with something I didn't actually like to do. It's kind of dull. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's got all those connotations. And I feel like a lot of people have those connotations. So when I'm having fun producing things for other people because I like to do them, I resist calling them work. In fact, I like standardize that I call them my endeavors. Yeah. I don't call them my work. I call them my endeavors. And that is wild to me that I never made that connection. And thank you, Izzy. (laughs) I've just like put my face in my hands because I'm like, my brain is exploding. Yeah, I I don't know how long you'll be able to um, take off or how um, what's coming next for you. But I certainly wish you the best of luck with it and to enjoy this time now and to enjoy the work you're doing for yourself, which really does sound so fulfilling and so lovely. Yes, I I will. And I will be sure to keep y'all updated and especially you, Izzy, because you're going to need to know if I get a full-time job again, (laughs) because it's going to affect our recording schedule. Um, But yeah. But in the meantime, uh, who knows? We'll have so much more flexibility in recording and it will be fun. We will manage to do... Who knows? Maybe something special. We'll find out. Don't hold me to that. I made that up on the spot. So Maddie's making don't a face. Don't worry. But... <laughs> don't worry, listeners. Um, well, there is something special coming, but it's not for another two weeks. You're going to have to live with that cliffhanger. Bye-bye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> <This. laughs> yeah. All right. So we've got two weeks to come up with something special. This has been Above the Mess. You can find us at AboveTheMess.com on Twitter and Instagram with the user AboveTheMessPod. Maddie is trying to get better about posting there. It turns out social media is actually really hard. Who knew? Maddie wrote that bit. Uh, Send us follow-up questions or advice via our email or DMs. You can find me at startus.fm and Maddie online at flexpotential.com. Talk in two weeks. Talk in two weeks. It really is a cliffhanger. See you then. Bye.